Are you ready to learn more about promoting play, defending childhood, empowering caregivers? Save 10% on professional development at explorationsearlylearning.com and support the show with the coupon code OOL. Click the link in the show notes to browse upcoming trainings. Welcome back to Out of Line. Hi, Candice. Hi, Annie. We're joined again tonight by Troy Salazar from Des Moines, Iowa. This time, Troy's going to put us on the spot a little bit and see if we can help uh, talk out some of the challenges in his first year of running a self-directed learning center. Um, we promise to be no experts, though. <laughs> Getting us are, right? But we're trying. I think to me, that's like the biggest piece of this uh, self-directed learning thing. Like everything's happening in conversation always with the actual people who are affected by all of it. Yeah. I see, a, I, I often see the phrase, you're, you can't do it wrong. So almost, you know, like with the un- unschooling thing, it's like, you, there's so many ways to do it. And there's so many different styles and approaches and, um, Ultimately, if you're giving kids choices and you're supporting their desires and their interests, how can we get it wrong, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I keep going back to that. But even even with that, I still want to make the center, um, you know, a space that's as efficient and as safe and as uh, is as supportive as can, it can possibly be for the kids that are coming here and for the families that are trusting me to spend, you know, for their kids to spend the t- their days with me. So. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my um, favorite teachers, Holly Alyssa Bruno, um, she's an early childhood person. She always asks the question, um, like every day, asks the question, is this in the best interest of the children and families? And it's such a guiding question that I use every day, like, and, and looking at how is this going to work best for most, if not all, right? Like we're really trying to make sure we're meeting everyone's needs in our space. Um, so yeah, it's, it's good to constantly question and also find a place where you can settle in and allow and observe and, and tweak as needed. Right. Right. Yeah. And I think it's, uh, like when you're starting the center and you're setting it up and you're, you're constantly trying to think ahead of all of the things that you're, you're trying to get ahead of things. And yet the, you never do, you can never predict all of the things that are going to come up or that eventually do come up. Mm-hmm. And I think as, you know, as we finish up our sixth week here at this center, um, you know, there's things that you're constantly trying to make better, whether it's the layout, whether it's the flow of the day, whether it's just a, the closing session or the, the good morning session, um, how we're doing the community concerns and um, how the Kanban boards work and, just all of it. It's just like you're, you're constantly, and if you don't have the experience, you're just kind of guessing at it until you have a chance to research it and ask somebody else who may have been there already. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's just constantly trying to make the the center better. I don't think you ever get there. Right. And I don't think I want to, I don't think I'll ever get there. It's just like, as I, because as, as time goes on, I think, um, as the culture changes and as the tools of the culture change, like there's always going to be a new thing coming in. Oh, let's try this or let's try that. Or um, yeah, I think it's constantly, it's a living thing. It's constantly evolving. And I just want to stay on top of it. Right. And, yeah. And even not even like better, but just like more functional for the, for the group that you have. Right. Like 
um, are your kids, are your young people coming part-time, full-time both? They're full-time, yeah. They're Everybody's full-time, okay. So you have the same group dynamics. I mean, as long as like, as far as like who's in the room, the same people are in the room five days a week. Yep. Okay. Yep. Five days a week, eight three to eight thirty to three thirty every day. Yep. Okay. And we have, I think we have oh, about ten offerings that we have on the board right now, and then that gets sprinkled each week with just activities, if you will, if kids want to throw in some activities. So. Um, yeah, it's it's just a living, living, breathing thing that we got going on. Nice, and you've got a handful of older learners, right? I mean, no, you know I'm, your range, but where do your most of your learners fall? Um, right in the seven, eight, nine, ten. Okay. Yeah, right in that area. My my oldest has just turned thirteen, and my youngest is five. Okay. Yeah. And so, yeah, that that up until at least we find like up until seven, eight, nine there isn't much of engagement in offerings. Um, it's a little less consistent. And so, yeah, I know that was a source of us questioning ourselves our first couple of years, like mm-hmm. nobody's coming to anything, <laughs> yeah. but they were just young. Yeah. I, I, I can definitely um, agree with that with our kids too. Like the five-year-old only will only go to an offering if his buddy who is nine chooses to go. Mm-hmm. and yeah, he's just tagging along um but even that is good for him to see you know like his his buddy's into this and that's something he wants to do so you know that even that in and of itself is a is a good learning experience for him even just a five-year-old who gets to have a nine-year-old friend beyond just like after school or at like the neighborhood hang mm-hmm. out this on the weekend is amazing i love the multi-age that's one of my favorite parts of it the multi-age thing yeah yeah, hands down, that's been really cool to see kids. Um, you know, the older kids just help the younger kids and the younger kids get to kind of learn up and, and see how things are done with from the older kids. So it, it's cool to see. And they take care of each other. They look out for each other. You know, it's it's great. And I think like they keep them young. The, the younger kids can keep the older kids young too. Like sometimes there's such a rush to to get through childhood and like, okay, you did the silly songs in preschool. Now it's time for serious stuff and um, having them all together. Like we're singing silly songs still. <laughs> like, right. Right. Yep. Yep. But um, I think uh, probably the thing that I don't say, I want to say is the biggest struggle, but something that's definitely in the front, uh, definitely on the, uh, on the front burner, so to speak is, one, the Kanban boards, and two, just how to handle the community concerns. Um, we have a, we have a board going as far as community concerns is is concerned, but we have. It's almost like sometimes when I ask the kids, "Do you what? What are the community concerns? Do you have any?" It's like they want to come up with one. <laughs> no, you don't need to. You don't need to do that. It's just, is it well, now that you mentioned it, right, right. It's like, well, I have an answer, right? Well, you don't need to have an answer. I'm just no, asking. I'm like wondering if you asked your neighborhood that, like what would, what would happen? <laughs> Probably everybody would just be like, wait, wait, wait. Yes, I have something. Right. Hmm. And then just the, uh, how to, how to best use those Kanban boards. Cause I, I, I introduced those and then they felt real clunky and it was almost like, ugh, the kids were like, ugh. And I didn't want them to be that. I wanted them to be something that they valued mm-hmm. and saw as a as a tool 
for them, not as a tool that I was making them do. So I kind of shelved them just until I could figure it out better. Mm-hmm. So if you have any advice on those two, right? That'd be great. <laughs> I'm laughing because it's very familiar. Um, <laughs> I don't know about community. Um, we call, we, we have a community awareness list up on a whiteboard that anyone can add to. Um, and if we don't, if we're not there when they're adding it, we ask them to leave a name. So we know who left it. So we can talk about like who was involved and if it needs to be, um, I think that was something that happened our first year. We tried to have everyone there for all of those meetings. And we realized like there was no point in sitting down 20 kids if it involved three kids, you know, if it was a challenge that was coming up with, um, Anyway, so I guess we should explain a little bit community awareness and community concerns and what that, how that works in a self-directed learning center. Anyone, Candice, Troy, you want to explain that to listeners who are in conventional schools still? Did you have one more thing, Troy? Well, I was just going to ask, like, as far as those community concerns or community awarenesses, um, we've, we've done all of ours as a group, but I'm, I'm wondering after, after listening to you talk, I'm wondering if, do you do that for like conflict resolutions too with just two or three kids or is it just like a general community concern like um during your community uh, awareness would it be i have a problem with little johnny <laughs> <laughs> is, there, is there any concerns yeah little johnny little johnny he's <laughs> my concern what is it more just hey i think you know rollerblading through the center is a problem for me. Yeah, that's how ours typically works. So it's our way of working out um, just like, it's actually how we create community agreements, which is what we refer to as what most people would call rules or guidelines, right? Behavior expectations. We set them together as a community. And the way we do that is through these kinds of conversations where somebody brings up something that doesn't feel like it's working to them. And Mm -hmm. we can see like how big of a problem that is. Um, one that came up recently with us is that the, in the boys' bathroom, the stall door gets locked and it happens like multiple times a day, but no one's in it. And so I'm like, who's okay. So someone's going in and crawling out. And then like, you know, the next kid, whoever it is goes in and has to crawl under might be an 11 year old. And we're like, I can't really fit under here as well as that six year old that just left or whatever. Um, so yeah, like that, I mean, that's for everyone using the men's bathroom, I guess. Um, we've had more specific ones. Oh, some, there was, um, some challenges that we had ongoing for a while. This is a good example with, um, wrestling and it really only involved a certain handful. We tried to have the group discussion, like whole group discussion. And like half the people were just like, what are you talking about? So we realized we really had to target that, See. that population that was affected by it. Um, instead of torturing everyone with conversation that they didn't need to be part of um yeah we yeah rollerblading in our center has come up for sure (laughs) yeah the wrestling thing i think we said like if you want to wrestle you you need to attend this and then and then you'll be like certified to wrestle (laughs) because you've you've talked through the agreements but if you don't attend and you don't talk through the agreements then you're not wrestling until you do yeah right (laughs) that's what they said back to us got it you have to be wrestling certified 
Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, and then we also, we have the added challenge of um, part-time people. So sometimes there's like a problem on Mondays that doesn't exist on Thursdays. And it's just because of group dynamics of who's present uh-huh. Thursday yeah. afternoon versus yeah, whatever. Um, yeah. So we're lucky there. I don't have any part-time. Everybody's full-time here every day, except I have one, I have a, a couple of kids that don't come on Mondays because they do a homeschooling program on Mondays, but otherwise they're here the rest of the week. How often do you do a community concern session? Well, for, for a while there, I was, we were bringing it up every day. And then the last couple of weeks, I've just, just been doing it once a week. Um, or if they bring it up, because like I said, if I bring it up every day, it's almost like they have to come <laughs> up with something and I didn't want that to happen. So I let go of that. Mm-hmm. And then I tried just, um, just not saying much and just kind of at the start of the day, just referring to things. Okay. These are things that we're working on. These are concerns. These are uh, some concerns that we've been, that we're aware of that we're still trying to come up with solutions for. Um, this is what we're practicing but these are mastered, right? These are all the things that are mastered. So let's try by, to uh, pay attention to those and respect those. Um, so now it's like once a week, maybe twice a week, we'll talk about community concerns. But again, in the first part of the, uh, since we opened, you know, that's when all of the things are happening. So there's a real busy community current concerns um, on the front end, mm-hmm. the first couple, two or three weeks, you get them all sorted out. And I feel like we've got most of them sorted out now. So yeah. now it's just, the new waves of interest, like um, rollerblades has been a big thing for the past two weeks. Like everybody bought, one kid brought them and now everybody bought them. Yep. And so just a quick example, the rollerblades, and then it was a hockey stick and then it was a ball. And so mm-hmm. that we've got an open space on the West end of our building because mm-hmm. we're expecting to have some construction. So it's just open. And I'm trying to be cool, right? I'm trying to be like, okay, that's cool. They're just they're rollerblading over there. They got some hockey sticks. They're cool. Not they, they, they can't damage the walls. They can't damage the windows. And I'm just kind of going through the list. Why is this not okay? It doesn't feel right. Is that just me being, you know, is that my my de-schooling, right? Just it's fine. They could fall, but yes, they could fall outside. And then it hit me. It was like the sprinkler heads, right? And so I'm like, okay, that's why we can't do it. So we had an emergency meeting, and I explained to them why we can't have the hockey sticks inside and why we can't be shooting the balls around because those things are fragile and they got it. They understood it. They're like, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And so then the, then the community rule was you can't have hockey sticks over there and you can't have shoot balls. And, and so now it's just rollerblading and, you know, we negotiated it and we compromised and we figured it out. And I, I, I you know, they, they understand, I hope they understand because I've been telling them, the only time I'll step in is if it's a safety issue, right? Or if it's a destructive issue. And in this case, it's kind of both because if those things get hit, it's going to flood the place and we're done. Um, so they, they get it. I think it's just having that conversation piece and give, giving them the, um, the respect to have a voice in it all and give them a chance to understand it. Well, and having space for that, right? And, and, and that again, it shows that you have trust in them, that you're going to trust... Like that's probably a rule in, in conventional schools too, but like it came from above when somebody was like, we can't have people messing. We can't have anybody break a sprinkler head. And then it was passed down to the point where probably the child asked a teacher who's like, I don't know why we, we just can't. Right. Like, and you don't have to think about the answer. You don't actually ever have to answer that kid. You can leave it at that. 
Or you can even leave it at worst. You can say, because I said so, right? Like I'm the teacher because I said so. Like, right. okay, but there probably was a reason and let's just figure out why. And yeah. what you have that conversation and they're like, oh yeah, like, no, I don't want, I don't want to break a sprinkler head and have the sprinklers go off and have to evacuate my school for a few weeks while they drive you. Like they're, they're capable of processing that and being like, yeah, you're right. I don't want to do that. Good right. point. Let's right. not play ball in the house anymore. Yeah. I think, uh, well, after, after we closed today, Ethan and I were sitting, Ethan's my new partner. We were sitting around talking about the rollerblading and it gets a little rambunctious in that area and it gets a little noisy. And we were talking about, I had a sophomore teen come and visit yesterday. Um, she loved it, you know, but prior to her coming, I was thinking about, man, some of these, some of this activity of these kids could be annoying to a teenager. Right. And I do have a, a separate space in the back that could be the teen area right now. It's yeah. just a classroom area and it's more quiet, more academic, if you will. And so our 13 year old who is often trying to avoid the kids uh, because they are more rowdy and more rambunctious, mm -hmm. uh, he often retires to that area. And so just kind of that, as this sophomore girl was coming, I started to think about how this could be an issue, right? Right now, all of the members are okay with it because they're all doing it. Mm -hmm. But if more teens came on, you know, one of those teens might say, I have a problem with how I have a problem with rollerblading. Right. And so then that would be an organic concern that the new community um, with the new team members, we could address differently and say, OK, well, now there's no, you know, um, rollerblading in here. So I don't yeah. know, just being patient and and letting it unfold and not trying to get ahead of or guess what the kids need or want. We're so trained as teachers to prevent any messiness right like so so think ahead prevent it how did you let this happen right like that's something yes. you've heard probably as a teacher from your administrator or whatever um that yeah like it i i had to really get comfortable with like it getting messy before it gets solved you know even that like um the awareness piece like you don't have to have the solution yet you don't even have to be practicing a solution you just can be aware of a problem um and that, and it's hard sometimes, especially if you've, as a grown up, like lived out a solution to the, the problem. Like, you know, if you had rollerblading in your school last year and had to figure it out too, but like, sometimes you need to be working with the kids. So they're part of it um, either way. Yeah. I appreciate that. Comment. I think I'm constantly, that's kind of one of the most stressful things is I'm constantly thinking like, even when we're at the park and the girls discovered the forest. You know, I wasn't saying anything about it, but there's a creek there and it was really overgrown when we started school in early September. But now as things start to, you know, the foliage starts to, the leaves start to fall, it's becoming more, oh, what's that? There, I see a trail there. And so they, they went in and explored it. And even with that, it's like, how much do I want to stay on top of them? Right. Because there's, there's the safety issue and then there's the freedom to explore issue. Mm -hmm. and, and ultimately, you know, I'm tasked with keeping these kids safe to a degree, right? Um, yeah, I'm not going to ask them to get off the slide or climb down from the tree. Um, I think my parents understand that, that it's okay to take those playful, calculated risks kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, it's, you know, back on that trail, along that trail, it's like, they could trip, you know, they could fall, they could fall down into the creek. Are they on the rocks? It's like, oh my God. 
it's stressful, you know? And so it's constantly making these little judgments and decisions about, is this okay? Is this not okay? Am I giving too much freedom? Do I need to reel them back? How far should I stay? I don't want to hover, you know? So it's like providing it in a safe way. is just nerve wracking. Yeah. I think one of the things that I learned, like that I had to work on was it's okay if I don't give them all the freedom right now. Like maybe I'm not there yet. And that's okay. So then I can reflect on that and then come back and talk with them about it and go through it again and grow. And it's like, I still have this thing where it's like, I need to be perfect and I need to have like the perfect self-directed like way of being where maybe I'm just not there yet. Or maybe, (laughs) you know, you know, because there's so many like nuanced safety and, you know, the safety and destruction thing and just there's just so much to process all while like actively being with the kids. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And it, I think that's a, it's a fine line. You know, one family would be like, if, if, if one kid got hurt, they'd be like, Oh, that's fine. They're just being a kid. I appreciate you letting them explore. And the next one would be like, where were you? Why were they out of your sight? You know, it's mm-hmm. like a spectrum of, of what their expectations are of us as the adult in the center or the area. And so I just found myself kind of like keeping them in earshot, you know, and then I went through and looked at all the trails and it's not a huge open area, but it, there's, it's, it's a trail. There's some trails along this Creek and, you know, they could fall. It's, there's some steep slopes and stuff. And I just kind of explored it myself and kind of got a, got a feel for it. And then just stayed within earshot, you know, not to hover too much, but that's what I'm comfortable with now. Maybe I'll back off a little bit later, a little bit later. Maybe not. I don't know, but that's a constant um I think that's um yeah and that's such a good point Candace that you make about where you are is it like such an important piece of it and where sometimes maybe you'll get there sometimes maybe it's not part of your practice maybe it's not part of your your culture of self-directed learning right and I think we have we had some critics the first couple years saying well that doesn't sound very SDE well that doesn't sound very SDE in our ear you know parents who were really SDE and we were kind of like, well, this is what like we do. We have the, the whole community of parents and guardians and caregivers at home that we have to think of in our, in our practice. We have the kids who all have a variety of levels of D been, you know, having de-schooled. And we're trying to take all of this into consideration and make it work for all of us, including ourselves. Um, And in any new, self-directed learning center, you're going to have a whole group of people, young people and old people who are de-schooling and trying to figure out where they are and what level they're at with that. And, uh, and that's, that's tricky, right? Like the the kids are de-schooling also, maybe they don't have as much to do because they don't have as many years in the system or whatever. Um, you're, you've been in education 20 years, you know, parents have the anxiety levels of parents in general have gone up. So, I think parents today probably have a lot farther to go de-schooling than maybe parents did 20 years ago because they definitely weren't as anxious of parents um, in my experience as a teacher then. Um, but yeah, and I think even for all of the like lingo, the logistics, the the programming pieces of having a self-directed learning center, so the Kanban boards, the community concerns, we had to get really easy on ourselves these first few years and be like, 
we had the same exact experience with Kanban boards. Candace, you can talk more about it. The first year, everyone's like, wait, 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 this feels a little schoolish. Like, what are you like? As soon as we cared about what they cared about, they stopped caring about it. Mm. Um, and yeah, all that stuff, just being like, okay, maybe one day this will work. Yeah, we kind of stuck with the, we, we stuck with like three tools and tried to get really good at those and then started adding on. And we have just started talking about using the common boards again. So I don't know if we'll have a great um, answer to you about those. <laughs> I think just in what you said, I think is the answer, you know, just to relax about it and don't get all worked up about implementing the Kanban boards, you know, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but as long as the, again, as long as the kids are coming here, right. They'd like being here. They're, they're, they're supported. They feel welcome and safe. Um, they're playing. There's plenty of, we have plenty of things for them to play with and around. Um, they enjoy being here, you, you know, right. I mean, at the end of the day, that's a good foundation to start from. And then as we can build on that, whether it's Kanban boards or a, a, a smoother running opening circle or a smoother running closing circle or a whatever, like we'll, I think we'll just get better and better at some of that stuff, but you know, have a little grace on, on, on myself, I guess, as far as it doesn't need to be perfect right out of the gates, totally. as long as you're providing a space um, that is for kids and that they, they want to be in and they're supported in and they let them fish yeah. for four years. I mean, <laughs> hey, what? let them fish for four years, you know, right? like I, we had a student come to us after a year off of school because their school experience was so traumatic and harrowing really um and that student spent the year before coming to us digging a hole in their yard that was it that's what they did and you know what their parents were so happy they were alive and and regaining their their individuality and personhood again um, after a terrifying school experience so I think you're so right Troy you've summed it up well like they're showing up they're mostly having a positive experience. You're creating relationships with them. That's you're in your sixth week of, of this. It's hard for me not to say school You're in your sixth week of programming. It's going to take time. And that's, that's so awesome that you've given them that gift and that you have people continuing to show up and people continuing to come in to check it out. That's awesome. You have a sophomore coming in and, and who had a positive experience just walking through. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I feel good about it. We'll uh, we'll just continue to to do our best, right, and continue yeah. to reach out to folks like you and get reassured and get pointed in a direction when we need it. And um, yeah, I think the I think the model's growing and it's good to see. And I'm glad to I'm I'm proud even at even at this point I'm just proud to bring it to the city, you know. And, and That's just awesome. if, if if it takes off, it takes off. If it doesn't, it doesn't. Maybe it's not the right time, but I feel like right on the cusp, you know, and I just feel like, I honestly feel like the time is going to come where we look back and say, man, what did they do to kids in public I education? Know, right? I hope so. I hope it's soon. Oh my God. Yeah. And, uh, I think parents, our parents are, are, are opening, you know, opening their minds to other alternatives. And, and I just want them to know that it's here in West Des Moines finally. So there you go. If you're in Des Moines or anywhere near it, it's worth a long drive to get there. I promise you, um, self-directed learning. We'll let you know, Troy, when we pull our Kanban boards out of the closet. <laughs> well, then I'm not going to worry about it, ladies. You gave me permission. 
Uh, thank you all for listening. If you have questions, if you have comments, if you want to share your own experiences of leaving the conventional school system, or at least decentering it from your lives, um, come on and talk to us about it. Reach out to us, reach out to Troy. Um, it's awesome to be able to share in somebody's like very real, very like on time de-schooling process. So thank you again for joining us, Troy. Bye-bye. Yeah, thanks. Bye. It's time to become a member of Playvolution HQ and Exploration's Early Learning. There's a free option and three paid patron-level options. All come with free stuff and ongoing automatic training and merch discounts. For as little as a dollar a month, you can become a patron. That supports our work and you get premium stuff like early access to fresh podcast episodes. Go to explorationsearlylearning.com slash membership or click the link in this episode's description to learn more. All the cool listeners are doing it. This has been an Explorations Early Learning Upstairs Studio production. Oh.